0: That let the church say amen. 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 God is great and greatly to be praised. I I have to admit I am really excited. I I will use this mic just in case. Uh, I am really excited today. For me, um, there is something about being able to worship our God under His roof, uh, under the the sky and um, and the clouds, and something about. Uh, being reminded in that that we ultimately rely upon God, Um, that in some senses we are all camels going through the eye of uh, a needle. Uh, And I'm equally excited um, because we had the opportunity to dedicate uh, two babies today, Uh, two babies that were born in in uh, the midst of uh, a worldwide difficult time, right? Um, two babies with, with different stories, but two that, um, that I've been able to celebrate from afar um, and, and got to see face-to-face today. Isn't God good? Amen. 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 It is. Babies are a, a precious gift from God and uh, in some sense is a reminder of who he is. Uh, in our lives, and so I'm I'm thankful that we had the opportunity um, to celebrate uh, and to and, and to commit to supporting uh, Imani and and Cassandra. Um, I remember uh, I'm off my notes already. I remember uh, uh, I've had the, the the pleasure of knowing uh, Corey and and Sarah uh, since 2015, and uh, I remember Corey actually took uh, took the pictures, uh, at, at, uh, Emmanuel's baby dedication. Um, and, uh, for a time, uh, Sarah was only, uh, one of few people that Emmanuel was willing to go to. Um, and Eliana came, uh, about nine months, I think, after, after Emanuel. Uh, and so it was just, uh, it, it's an awesome privilege. I'm excited today, uh, about being able to see Cassandra and to, and to see Imani and, um, just to see how Imani has grown and uh, to talk with Hiawatha and Crystal and share in their excitement. It's, a, it's an awesome, awesome thing um, to see, uh, even in the midst of challenging times, to see, uh, to see Imani and Cassandra. Yeah. Well, I won't be before you long. Um, I'm excited to be here today. Uh, and so we're going to turn to the scriptures. We have a fair amount of scripture to read today. Uh, I'm going to, to cut it down a little bit. Um, but if you'll turn with me to the Old Testament reading, uh, we'll read from the book of Deuteronomy. Uh, and we're going to read Deuteronomy chapter 34, verses 1 through 4. Uh, and if, you are, if you're old school and have your physical Bible, uh, you can put a pin in that Deuteronomy portion. Uh, and then also turn to Acts uh, chapter 1. And we're going to read together Acts chapter 1 verses 6 through 8. Acts chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. Amen. So Deuteronomy chapter 34, verses 1 through 4, reads as follows. Then Moses climbed Mount Nebo from the plains of Moab to the top of Pisgah, across from Jericho. There the Lord showed him the whole land, from Gilead to Dan, all of Naphtali, the territory of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah as far as the Mediterranean Sea, the Negev, to the whole region from the Valley of Jericho, the city of Palms as far as Zoar. Then the Lord said to him, this is the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob when I said, I will give it to your descendants. I have let you see it with your eyes, but you will not cross over into it. Turning now to our New Testament reading, uh, just from Acts chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. Then they, they being the disciples, gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The word of God and the word of strength. Let us pray. God in this short sermonic moment, I pray that you will literally speak through us and speak to us to remind us of who you've been and who you will be as you continue to grant victory to victory. In your name, amen. 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 If I had to title this sermon, and I'd have difficulty titling it, but I think I would title this one, The Secret. The Secret. It's funny, in a text in Deuteronomy, uh, we read one of a couple of instances in the Pentateuch, where Moses' final moments were described. Moses was brought up to the top of Mount Pisgah and he was given the opportunity to look out and to see the land that the children of Israel were promised of the lands of Ephraim and Manasseh of the, the, the Negev, of the soil on which Jerusalem sits, land that We still know to this day, Moses was brought to the top of the mountain and was shown this view. Now, Moses was shown the promised land, but he did not enter the promised land. Scholars, when they look into it a little bit more deeply, wonder what Moses specifically did that was so egregious that he wasn't able to enter the land. And yet I think the story, if we look at it at face value, is simply that for whatever reason, Moses was called to bring the children of Israel to a certain place and to see in his mind and his physical eye the way forward, but to not march with them. And Moses is the the, the the prototypical Christian, if you please. Even even before Christ was physically uh, in time on this planet, Moses was the one that the nation of Israel, in fact, of all of history, looked up to. In fact, Moses was, in some senses, the one that was able to bring the people together and form them. As a people. Yes, the fathers are Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, but in a very real sense, it was this wandering in the wilderness uh, and then the force of vision that allowed the children of Israel, the children of Jacob, to say, We are going to cross this river, we're going to cross the Jordan, we're going to put there a memorial to our children so that our children who, who are are dedicated in the new land can see where we've come from. And indeed, it was that gathering of the people and then setting them on a direction that really formed what today we know as the children of Israel, the nation of Israel. Moses was, in a very real sense, the one who brought this nation together. And yet, and yet, for whatever reason, God said... I'll let you see the land, but you're not going to cross over. In fact, what we didn't read in Deuteronomy chapter 34 and verse 10 says, Since then, no prophet has risen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face, who did all those signs and wonders the Lord sent him to do in Egypt, to Pharaoh and to all his officials and to his whole land, For no one has ever shown the mighty power or performed the awesome deeds that Moses did in the sight of all Israel. And those are literally the last words of the Pentateuch, of the holy scriptures of the nation of Israel. There was no prophet in Israel like Moses. And indeed, I know the analogy is not perfect, but today uh, I would be remiss if we didn't take the opportunity to acknowledge uh, that indeed we have been blessed by an awesome man of God. And I would be even more remiss if I did not mention that we have been blessed by an awesome woman of God and simply say thank you to Paul and to Taylor for indeed in my imagination there could be no greater profit for victory in this time. If you agree with me, can I get a, an amen or a hand clap? And when I think about the, this moment on the mountain, and when I think about it, I often think about uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s last sermon, if you please, when he was speaking to uh, the sanitation workers in Memphis, um, and on that night he thought about the promised land and uh, he mentioned in that in that final sermon uh, that he had seen the promised land uh, and that he wouldn't go there but he was excited about the promise. And we see in the example of Moses, we see in the example of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., we see in so many other examples, moments where... God allows someone to come to uh, the precipice of promise and shows them the future and says, you cast vision so that a people can step into that future. And indeed, I believe that that is what God has done through Paul and Taylor today. And it's funny in Deuteronomy, uh, in the section again that we didn't read, there is, there is a nudge or there's an acknowledgement uh, that there is a Joshua, or there is a, a Joshua generation that comes after Moses. That there is, there is someone who steps up uh, and, and in some senses gets the mantle of leadership uh, from the Moses so that the people can move forward. Uh, it's a model that we see again and again in the Old Testament. But we also have a New Testament. Uh, and perhaps we have a new secret that we might look to as a different model. Uh, in our scripture today, we read in Acts chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. Uh, The final or near final words of Jesus as uh, he was with his disciples and as he was about to ascend to heaven. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Lord, at this time are you going to fulfill our conception of what you were called to earth for Lord, at this time are you going to help us get back to what Moses started Jesus looked at the disciples and said to them it's not for you to know the times or dates the father has set by his own authority but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem And in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be witnesses. And you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Lord, the disciples asked, are you going to restore the kingdom before you leave? Uh, uh, with my sanctified imagination, I, I I hear Jesus saying, Hey, I'm not going to answer that for you. But instead, I'm going to tell you that you will receive the Holy Spirit and you will be my witnesses. Now, for a moment, bear with me and, and, and check this out. In, 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 in Israel, as they were about to cross over to the promised land, Moses was brought to the top of a mountain and showed the entire picture and said, this is the, the, the land that your people are going to have and possess. Uh, when, when Jesus died and rose again and his disciples, those those few that didn't scatter at his death, when Jesus talked to his disciples, he said, I'm not going to show you the land But I am going to give you my Holy Spirit. Moses was an awesome leader. And Moses passed on to Joshua, who passed on to the judges, who eventually passed on to to Saul and and David, perhaps at God's objection. Uh, And there was a history of passing on, uh, in some sense, the the promise uh, and the authority to lead God's people. And yes, that is important. But I want to tell you, if we are thinking about models of how to sustain and how to evolve and how to move and how to grow, if we're thinking about the model, Jesus, in fact, showed us the secret. What did Jesus do? Jesus, who was one man followed by 12. Jesus, who didn't have two nickels or two dimes to rub together. Jesus, who gave it all away. Jesus, who was thought to be this man who would be able to somehow overthrow the political systems that were there. This Jesus died. And yes, he rose again. uh, And yes, he had a few disciples. But the truth is that there were forces that seemingly could have squashed them in a moment. They got rid of Jesus. The disciples said, the disciples who ran away scared, right, in the time where Jesus was crucified, their final request was, Jesus, okay, you've now literally died and risen again. Like, are you now going to restore the kingdom? Are you now going to do what we expect? Jesus said, when I die, I'm going to send my Holy Spirit to live inside of you, where it cannot be taken away. And Peter, you don't know what challenges you are going to face. You don't know that you are going to have to walk into a city and be dragged into jail. And uh, at midnight, you're going to see a miracle. And that miracle is going to cause not just you to be physically saved, but you'll jail it to be spiritually saved. You don't know all of that yet, Peter. But what you do know is that my Holy Spirit can guide you. All I'm trying to say right now, Uh, is that the idea of having uh, Paul and Taylor leading us this far has been awesome. But I think the greatest thing that they have provided, and the secret, uh, if you please, uh, is simply that they have decided to place the ministry that God had called them to into us. So that the secret isn't about an individual person, But the secret is instead about how God is moving and how God is revealing and how God will continue to reveal in our lives. But indeed, God used Paul and Taylor to speak into us. Because ultimately, when you think about models, if you please, for how to spread and how to grow and how to do the impossible, about how to be reconciled to God and each other, when you think about how to do that, the power and promise of doing that is within us. The powerful models are those which say you cannot take one person out and then have the nation not understand where to go, but instead the truth and the understanding of how God is moving and how the capabilities of God might flow through us, exist inside of us. And the truth of the matter is, is that better than anyone I have seen in my entire journey, uh, Paul and Taylor have done just that. And not only have so many of us recognized the movement of God in our lives, we have been given, blessed with a structure that allows those gifts and those truths to be manifest, that allows the secret to move forward. When the disciples were with Jesus and Jesus ascended, they had nothing but an upper room and the Holy Spirit and the truth that they could rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. And we have that same power and that same spirit today just as they did a little less than 2,000 years ago. And if you read the book of Acts, you see how that power worked. Uh, preaching to 3,000, uh, turning, turning thoughts of them being being drunk, despite the fact that it was early in the morning, uh, to 3,000 people being saved, preaching indeed to, to kings, and ultimately at the seat of power, in Rome, and a fledgling group that was persecuted for 200 years and yet not forsaken. Uh, and because the Spirit was in within each of them, ultimately, us and millions of others are heir to the truth that God loves us and accepts us. And you're here at Victory, and what I like to call this fractal of God's Big C church. We also have that can lean into the idea that we fellowship together, uh, that we worship together, that we serve together in a ministry, and that we do life together in a victory group or a small group. Uh, and that in those ways we can see what God has placed within us for our brothers and sisters in this world coming forth. And so many of us have been quickened. So many of us, uh, our souls, our actions, our hands and feet have been quickened because Paul and Taylor allowed themselves to sacrifice and to dream, to write and to preach so that we could see what God was doing inside of us. That is rare, church. That is what I'm calling this morning the secret. And for that, as I take my seat, let's just give God a hand clap of praise amen and praise God now I would be uh, remiss if I didn't give anybody who hasn't had the opportunity to accept the truth of Jesus' love to accept it here publicly under this beautiful roof, this beautiful canopy. Indeed, the truth of the matter is uh, is that, that the secret that I talked about relates to victory but the ultimate secret is that God loved us so much that he made a way for us when we couldn't make a way for ourselves. And all he wants for us is to accept that love. If you haven't accepted that love, and as I like to say, if If you feel God calling you right now, I want to assure you that is not my voice. That is God's voice. And so all I'm doing right now is opening up an opportunity for you to publicly declare that you know that God loves you and indeed that you are sorry for the ways you've been separated from him and that you accept his love. I won't belabor the point, but if that is you, if that is your story right now, you can simply slip your hand into uh, into the air. Or even if you don't want to do that, you can simply say it in your mind right now, that simple prayer. Uh, and come tell us, come tell me or Pastor Paul or, or Michelle or others, um, because we want to journey with you here at Victory Amen. To God be the glory for the great things he's doing.